Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. Always much appreciated. Today, I'm joined by the voice of the Washington Commanders, Bram Weinstein, as we break down all the options that the, that the Commanders have at 16. Should they just simply go best player available? Bijan Robinson, Dalton Kincaid, what if they're there? Would you take them? Should they? Bram and I talk about it. We talk about all the different scenarios that are there. Trade back, trade up. Should they? Who? Who would they target if they did that? Would they take a quarterback at 16? No. So... We get into all that, so stay tuned for that. We also start off by talking about Chase Young's fifth-year option because at the press conference today, which I'm taping this on Thursday with Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera, that was asked, and Ron Rivera said they'll let everybody know on May 2nd what they've done. Now, they may already know, and if they do, then May 2nd just whatever, but I do know last year when it was Montez Sweat, we knew they were picking it up by this point. So we talk about all that stuff, the future ramifications of – all the scenarios involving that. There you go. So just stay tuned for that. Really nothing new to add on the ownership front. Inching along here, folks. And I, you know, it's really, we're getting, I hate the word close. I hate the word soon because you've heard that for so long. I'm not going to get into all that. One thing I'll say in the Harris group, one of the reports that came out was that they have, a, I think it's like 15 to 17 limited partners. When you wonder why it could take a while between let's say let's say there's an announcement over the next several days or by the end of next week that they're that they've they're signed the deal and they're sending it to the league. The reason why it could take a while before between that and the vote is how many limited partners there are because each one has to be vetted. Each one. That's why it could take a little bit of time. Now the vote, the owners do meet May 22nd to the 24th in Minnesota in May. That's the earliest it could happen. So, but if you're wondering why it could take a while, that's the reason. Anyway, that's all I got from that. So here's my conversation with the voice of the Washington Commanders, Bram Weinstein. Did you know the largest ropes course and zipline park in the country is right here in the DMV? Located in the heart of Montgomery County, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring combines climbing and ziplining to create an aerial obstacle course unlike any other. With challenges anywhere from 10 to 75 feet in the air, there is something for all skill levels. Looking for some family time or the perfect date night before football season starts? You can even climb and zip line under the stars. Would you rather keep your feet on the ground? Give ax throwing a try. With their projector systems, you can throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC. So there you have it, folks. Climbing, ziplining, axes, food, and bonfires right in your backyard. The weather is warming up, so it's the perfect time to head outside and join the adventure at www.theadventurepark.com. That's www.theadventurepark.com. 
kime and enter promo code KIME23DC. Bram, that was quite a say-nothing press conference we witnessed today with Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew. Did you get anything out of that? I mean, not about the draft. I mean, outside of the, we're going to wait out Chase Young, which right. I think is, is newsworthy. That was the newsworthy thing that happened today, that we're still 11, 12 days away from getting like real clarity about how they feel about securing his future beyond this season. But outside of that, Nope. I, I, they, I mean, I don't even think they, I, I listened very, very, very closely and I heard nothing that was even a hint of what they're going to do. There was nothing that was even a hint of what they're going to do. Sticking on chase though, because you're right. That's a thing. So, you know, Ron kept saying like, we have until May 2nd to, to get it done. That's what he kept saying. How do you process that? Because to me, like last year, we knew long before now that they were picking up Montez Sweats. So how do you how do you interpret the comments? So like it's one of two things or both. Um, how healthy is he? Um, they keep saying, you know, publicly that he's 100 percent. He's fine. You know, they were saying I mean, he played, you know, late last year and he could have played sooner if you asked the doctors, you know. Yeah. Um, so they're saying he's public that he's healthy. Now, is he, you know, back to being what he was before the injury? I'd have to you know, talk to the doctors, talk to the coaches and get a real and him and get a real sense of like what that is. And, you know, considering the the size you know, the scope of injury, I have a hard time buying that he's ever going to be 100 percent the guy before this happened. Doesn't mean he can't be a great player, which is, I think, you know, what we all hope he's going to be. Um, the other side is, is this a motivational ploy? We've seen this through three off seasons where Ron Rivera is trying to get him to be engaged be part of the spring program, be a good teammate. And that really is, is not that he's a bad one. It's just show up and be here, you know, with your teammates, um, put in the work, put in the time, show us you're committed, motivated. Um, And I think it's a leverage point for them to use that right now with him, but that's going to run out. And when they have OTAs next month, you know, they're going to have to have made this decision, but only they know the total truth of it. And it's probably somewhere in the middle of that, but I'm, I'm leaning more towards it's a message sender to him right and that that's where should they pick it up because it's going to be it'll be a little over 17 million if they don't pick it up and he has this great year then you're gonna have to franchise tag him if you want to keep him and now you're going to probably pay five four to six million dollars more than that that's that's what we're talking a long-term deal and it's going to be like nick bosa money while at the same time having to deal with possibly Montez Sweat. I think Montez Sweat is gone under that scenario. I mean, like you're not going to give two contracts like that out. Like, hard. what are you you're going to give? You're going to give in the same offseason. You're going to give Chase Young, Nick Bosa money, and Montez Sweat like one tier below that. Like, I that doesn't seem realistic to me. And and I don't. And I mean, and as far as Nick Bosa money, I mean, Nick Bosa has been more productive. He's also had injuries too. Yeah. So that that is that. And Chase will have to be a lot more productive than he has been to, to get that and obviously stay no healthy. Doubt. Do you, you know, but do you think that they will pick it up? I do. I felt this way all along because I just feel like just with sweat on an expiring contract and maybe, you know, something I don't know, but I don't hear that they're extending him and maybe that will change in the summer, but I don't hear Montez. That. Yeah. You know, if they're, if they're not, if that's not going to happen this year and they're going to let him play out his contract and then make a decision, you know, next off season with him, 
I just don't know feasibly how you don't have Chase's rights controlled for at least another year so that you have a choice to make. It is a risk because if Chase goes the wrong way for one way or the other, and I'm not projecting he will, but if he does, um, you are on the hook with a guaranteed portion, $17 million contract, uh, but it is only one year. And, you know, I just, I feel like with two of them on expiring contracts, unless Montez is going to be extended. And I just don't know that happening. Um, I just don't know how it's feasible to go into the season without this not hanging over everybody's head that we've got the two defensive ends, both on expiring contracts and probably playing for one contract. I just think it's, I think it could be troublesome in the locker room. So I, I feel like that's why I feel like they're going to pick up the option. And that now, and it's guaranteed for injury only. So that's the risk because that would be a lot of money that you're on the hook for, for one season. And what does it prevent you from doing possibly, but we don't even know. There's a lot. We don't know of what can take place next season, including that, but that's, that's the risk with Montez. You'll hear that they would like to extend him, but it's not like you would hear like last year at this time, we knew Terry McLaurin was the process had been ongoing and you knew they wanted to get him done. Like, all I kept hearing, and you would say, I would say it, all I kept hearing, and I, I thought they would get it done because you knew the priority they put on it. And so there was a much bigger push to get that than I felt like it has been with anybody this offseason, including Cam Curl, because Cam Curl was eligible for an extension as well. So, you know, what do you, I mean, I, you that's part of the equation here too. I mean, the other thing is, I haven't heard from any of these players, I don't think anyone's asked them, um, is Chase Young... Well, I don't think he could because off the injury, like, is he going to balk at the idea of playing on an expiring contract? I don't know. Um, is Montez, you know, like Deron Payne showed up to everything. Is Montez going to do that? I don't know. I haven't talked to his agent about it. Is Cam Curl going to do it? I don't know. You know, so like, that's the other side of this too. Like, you know, if you have a bunch of prominent players that are a big part of your future, and at least, you know, a couple of them you'd hope will be a big part of your future. Um, are they going to settle for playing on expiring contracts? We don't know the answer to that. With right. McLaurin, we knew a deal was going to get done. With Allen, we knew right. a deal was going to get done. With Payne, they rolled the dice and Payne showed up. You know, there was a couple of little things early in the offseason that he that he kind of avoided, but he showed up every day. He practiced when training camp rolled around. It wasn't a problem. There was no hold in. And then he obviously played his butt off during the season and deserved the contract that he got. Um, they're going to be asking these other guys to do the same, you know, are they, I don't know. Has anyone asked them? <laughs> well, we haven't been around to ask them. I, the one difference is like Terry didn't show up. McLaurin didn't show up in, in the, um, OTAs, right. but McLaurin is that it was at a different level of contract of yes. performance. I don't know that these Durant guys was making like mid millions like to sit out would be just I mean I get you know you want to get your money and I'm totally for that but like McLaurin was sitting on a third round pick final year of his contract but he's not making any real money right you know? and so he and, had to do what he had to do and I and like Cam Curl would be more in that position because of course but he has not and I like Cam Curl a lot I think he does a really nice job McLaurin's at a different level than what Cam Curl is at so does he have that kind of leverage to go do that now you you can because you, you know as long as you're asking for something within the realm of what your your pay structure should be, okay. But I think yeah, in his, his case is strange. I mean, like you know, I think Montez is going to want you know 
high top of the market type money and we'll see how they feel about it. Um, Chase is a different story because we got to see him play again, obviously, right. and see if he looks like the guy that we think he can be. And if he does, you know, the scenario of him blowing up and having 16 sacks, well, he's looking at a Bosa contract. If he has a bad year and doesn't look that good in his four sacks, he's not. And then we're in a weird position with him. With Cam Curl, it's a different story. Like, it really will come down to what is he expecting to get? Right. And what, he, like, if, if, if this is just me talking here, if he walked in the room and asked for Derwin James' contract, they're not going to give him. No, that. They, mean, they, that's just how I feel about it. But does he feel that way about it? I, you know, I don't know. Oh, like we'd have to talk to him and find out. Right. And, and I don't know that. I know um, his, his side has been kind of quiet, so yeah. we'll see. And I think they're trying to just keep the focus on the field yeah. for him. And he's obviously been a very good player. We know his importance here. You know, he's, he hasn't been a quote unquote playmaker, but he's a very integral part of their defense. He's a very yeah. smart player. Yes. He's versatile and they want to use that Buffalo nickel package. He's the key guy in that, but they're also going to look to add somebody for that role in the draft to, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, that really, I mean, all of these people that we're talking about, there are scenarios by which their quote unquote replacements could be drafted early. Right. Um, and I think that's the intrigue of next week, because as we sit here today, I really don't know what they're going to do. I and mean, that's very unusual. I mean, last year they traded down and I guess that somewhat surprised me um, because I thought the guy that they would have selected Olave was, was there, you know, and then traded down and, you know, good thing they did. They got, they got a guy who's outstanding. And so they did really well last year. And a couple but other picks. Year, um, I'm really, I'm really hard pressed to figure out exactly what they're going to do because I think they have a lot of options in front of them and that could get complicated by you know, will Levis falling in their lap and all of a sudden someone wants to trade with them right. and then maybe they'll trade out. So, you know, I think we're in a really weird territory with this. And I think it's why when you started with like, what did they say today? I I, I mean this, like, not that they don't have a plan. I don't think they know what they're going to do because it's I think too hard so at 16 many options in front of them and on the table, you know, and it's so many different position groups that they could go after, especially early um, it's anyone's guess really. And, and I'm, I say that like respectfully, I don't think they know who they're picking at 16 next week at this point, they will run various, they'll have like their own little mocks and they'll change it. It'll change all the time based on, you know, maybe team X does this guy. So if this scenario happens, who's the guy following, falling to them. And they'll go through all those exercises just to get a feel for what might happen. So you have to have multiple guys you like there so that way if you know if one guy you really want isn't there you're not panicking like they did the one year when ryan kelly wasn't there and they panicked they weren't sure what to do they yeah. traded back that's what they that's how they got josh dotson um Dotson. um so that's what you don't want you want to have multiple choices there and i think they do but yeah, I don't think, you know, if, if for your your ideal situation, who would you, is there one, or, are there one or two guys you'd like to see or more so one or two positions you prefer they address? Uh, I mean, I really think they need an offensive lineman very badly, whether it's interior or exterior. I think they could use a playmaking corner, you know, and so, but I think the offensive line to me is a more paramount pick. That said, um, Okay, let's just say that the mocks are right and the Ohio State tackle and the Georgia tackle are gone and they're just not available to you. Um, 
now we get into this territory where I, this is where I think their heads are spinning a little bit because mine is thinking about it. So you could take the third, fourth, fifth best tackle, you know, because, because you like that guy and you grade him that way and you think he's good. Um, or you could take the third, fourth corner, you know, because you like him and you grade him that way. Or you could take the best interior offensive lineman off the board if you like him. Or you could take the best tight end off the board. Or, and I don't think they're going to do this, but if if you go to the old mantra of just take the best player available, then if Bijan Robinson is at 16, he is the best player available. Now, they don't need a running back. It is the, you know, like, but if you're going to draft Derrick Henry, like, don't tell me there's no value in that. And I'm sorry, on everybody's big board, if you're just going to go athletes at that point, he will be. So I don't, so this is why I think they're in a really odd situation because unless something happens with one of these tackles that are like obviously should have been drafted higher, like say like John Allen scenario, he should have been drafted higher. He didn't, he fell into their lap and they're, they got him. Like, let's say like the top tackle for some reason somehow falls down into their lap, run to the podium and do it. And we don't have a problem here. Let's just say that doesn't happen though. Now we're what we're talking about taking what Darnell Wright, something like that. Darnell Wright, who might be a starter, might be a guard, but you could take Dalton Kincaid or Bashan Robinson or Osiris Torrance, who, if you're telling me that's not where the value is 16, but they're surefire starters and really major upgrades. This is why I think they're in a very odd territory. I know what they need. And I'm certain I know what they would do if they were a little higher in the draft, but because they're not what I think they're going to be faced with when push comes to shove at 16, if they don't move is, do you take the best athlete, no matter what position on the board, or do you take Deontay banks or Darnell Wright, who may not be the surefire full fledged stud starter that you may grade some of these other guys to be. Right. And my thought is, and, and I wouldn't, I would hesitate to take a running back there. However, 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 like this is a team. And I say this at quarterback too, and they're not going to take like Will Levis falls. They're not taking Will Levis at 16. They're not going to take Anthony Richardson at 16. I don't think he's going to get there anyway. Um, But let's say, the best way to get better is to draft really good players. Yes. And you yes. haven't won in a long time. And so now I will say, like, I like Brian Robinson a lot. I think yeah, he so progressed. I. I think that I think he'd have been a lot better if he hadn't been shot. Uh, but, you know, if, if let's say Dalton Kincaid and there are good options at those at, at that spot in the second, third round that it could be really good. But if you think he's the best tight end and you think that it's going to be a key part of the offense and you think he's you know the best player there, then you have to take him because that's the way your team gets better. I do think yes. there's going to be other options that and then you do it. I also say, Bram, in that scenario, they're going to trade. They're going to try like hell to trade back to pick uh, up. I agree points. with that. And I actually think the best scenario for them, short of for some reason, Devin Witherspoon or for some reason, the Ohio State tackle is there. You run up to the podium and take them. But if that, assuming that that's not the case, then I think trading back is the best scenario. And the real, you know, the value there, you know, probably is someone does jump to get Bijan Robinson or someone does jump to get a quarterback who somehow falls into their lap 
And that, because like the reality is like how many people are moving up to 16? I don't know, you know, and I hey, think- Hey, listen, the Saints went up to 11, the Saints went to 11 last year to get Olave. Yes, so people have done it. It's not that they haven't. Um, so it's possible, but if you know, like this is falling into a category of, um, do you take best player available or do you take, you know, a guy you like that you need? Um, and that's why I'm like, that's why I think I'm very torn about this because like all along, I'm like, I know they don't need a tight end, but this guy might be George Kittle. So like w- what that doesn't upgrade you or I know they don't need a running back. And I'm like you, I like the running backs that they have, but this guy might be Derrick Henry. Like, why wouldn't you consider that at that point? Like, don't you get better by having pro bowlers, you know, or like studs? Like, doesn't that make you better? So I think they're in a very interesting territory. I've also landed on, and I really don't think they'll do this. I actually would make an argument just based on what we're talking about here, that a modest move up makes a lot of sense to me to get the tackle that they want. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, how far would you be willing to move up? Not into the top 10, because I think it costs oh, that's too much. too way too expensive for them. No, but like, let's say, I don't know, pick one of the top two tackles. You like them, right? And the top five is not going to be them. We already know that, right? It's going to be three quarterbacks, maybe four, and an edge rusher or two. And so we're getting, so the first tackle, this is the good news for Washington, if you're thinking about this, the first tackle isn't going to your outside of the top five. So that, that's good news, right? That's rare, actually. Typically, a stud tackle who everyone's no-brainer starter goes in the top five. Well, not this year because of the quarterbacks and these couple of edge rushers that look like monsters. And then we'll have to see where Jalen Carter goes, who might be best prospect in the draft, but has red flags around him. But he's going to go somewhere. So we're getting close to the range that I feel comfortable moving. If one of these two tackles that they like, and let's just say it's the Ohio State or the Georgia guy, right? Like they, they really think they're a starter. Um, if that gets to 11 or 12, I think I want to know what the price is. Like at that point, I want to know what the price is. Move someone back to 16. What else do I have to give up? I'm not giving up next year's first round pick, but no. like, is it worth another pick to get a stud left tackle? I think so. If the option is wait three more picks to get a guy that you think might be a tackle, but might be a guard, we really kind of like him. Uh, no, I, I want an answer here. And so I see a path to doing that if it's a modest move up. I just don't think they will do that. Well, and even Mark Mayhew said today that his preference has, you look at his past and it's typically it's more to gather more picks to get more assets in the draft and take more, I guess. Yeah, um, I agree with at that. The, yeah. I totally agree with that. You know, and, and But I just think in this scenario, just looking at what they have, I, I could see a case for this if it's a modest move up. The Jets did it a couple of years ago to get Vera Tucker. He's a stud. Yeah. Like, so this is, they need to fix their offensive line. Um, I like Charles Leno. I, you know, I think he's a, you know, above average player, but they clearly have a lot of work here to do. And I do think it is a unit that needs to be bolstered significantly. And they started it in free agency. I don't think they got a stud. They certainly didn't pay for one. Um, they still have question marks. And it screams if for some reason one of those two tackles is two, three picks away, make the call. I think you're a few picks away. I think it makes a lot more sense for them to do it. I, I just wonder how high they'd be willing to go for that. Yeah. But but again, I think, you know, if they do feel pretty good about their roster. So maybe it gives you a little bit of a more of a sense to do that. I also could see the same scenario, Bram, where they trade back, get another late second round pick and then take a guy like Hendon Hooker in the late second, if he's still yes. there. 
Yeah, I think that's distinct possibility too. Yeah. Um, and I don't have a problem with that. If they use a second, you know, second or late second round pick on something like that, I have no, no problem with that. Um, it will not get in the way of Sam Howell. He tore his ACL late in the year. He's not playing this year. So, like, I have no issue if that's what they want to do, especially if they acquire a second pick to do so. I think a key is acquiring another pick yeah. in that. Yeah. And, you know, then the other one is the same thing. Like, you know, I've heard Logan Paulson talk about this a lot. Like, he's like, if Lucas Van Ness is there at 16. Another one. Right. Would you turn that down? Well, this team doesn't need an edge rusher. Or maybe they do. Like, I don't know. In a year or two, they might. But we I just, just went over like all that thing. stuff. We went this over all that again, stuff. It goes back to like, I like Montez and Chase Young. What do I need an edge rusher for? Well, you know, like you have some decisions to make. And, you know, it's the same thing with Bajan Robinson. I like Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. That guy might be Adrian Peterson. Like, 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 what, like what's wrong with taking that? You know, so like, again, I think they're falling into this weird spot where the things that they need, they're going to get number three, four, five on the list. And these guys might be really good. Or, they could take the top prospect at certain positions and those guys might be studs and it's not the position you needed, but it may make you a lot better. So like, that's where I think they're in a really funny spot. There might be spots. I think you need to address this. You need to address the old line. I think it'd be great to get a cornerback there, but if a team stays true to the board and said, listen, the best way to get better is to draft really good players. I've never had a problem with that philosophy because you never, Again, I like Brian Robinson, and I would not push for that, but I understand if they wanted to go in that direction because, again, that's how you get better. The other thing, Graham, that we've covered this long enough, you never know when something becomes a real need. And while I say, I'll sit here and say, and I, you know, people who are listening know that with the tight ends, my thing has usually been after the first round, unless you just flat out love the guy. But the other thing is we're also assuming that, you know, Armani Rogers and Cole Turner and, and, and Hodges are going to take this leap in the second year. Maybe one of them do. Maybe they do. But maybe, maybe we don't know. But if you can, if you think like this guy is a big stud, then you can go get it. But Logan talked a lot about the tight ends in the last podcast I did, or a couple, yeah, I think it was the last one I did. And I would suggest to people go listen to that because he did give some really good insight into what they like to look for, which are typically athletes. And that's that's why you get the converted quarterbacks at that position yeah. because they want athletes there and you can make something out of an athlete at tight end. I, I try, you know, listen, I, I be the first to tell you, like I defer to the scouts. Like I, I watch a lot of this stuff and especially to get ready for the draft. I watch a lot of tape and I have like people I like, but I don't pretend to like no more than the scouts. I think this guy, Dalton Kincaid is going to be very good. Like that, really, really he's really the good. one that makes me wonder in the first round really more than good. the others. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, if that's what you believe, like, look, like, Cole Turner did not play very much last year. You know, Armani Rogers is a total fine. Love it. John Bates, a very good blocking tight end. Logan Thomas's future beyond this year is in question. Like, I don't know. Like, again, again, this, this is about like, do you take somebody that you need or do you take someone that just makes you better and you figure it out along the way? And in the case of say Kincaid or probably more likely Bajan Robinson, I think you have a very serious, you have to have a very serious conversation. Do we just bring really good football players here? And let the rest of it shake itself out. And because like I like all along the whole time, I'm like, we're not picking a running back. Why would we pick a running back? We have so many other, there's so many other fish to fry. Like, why would we pick a running back? But then you just go watch him and you go, all He's right. good. Like, <laughs> all right. Like, Listen, like, man. It's 16. Oh, that's too high to go for a running back. 
It's too high to get Derrick Henry. Give me a break. Like, of course it isn't. Well, what would you rather? I mean, and again, I'm not advocating for, but I'm on this conversation. First of all, Bajan Robinson, if he had gone to Ohio State, they win a national title. He's that good. And he that was what it came down to. So I think the guy's special. But so if, you know, along those lines, would you rather have, if he developed that way, a Pro Bowl running back and, you know, for four to six years or, or a good guard or a good tackle? Uh, and maybe I mean, it's just not I quite, it's take, a simplistic I argument. A stud Pro Bowl tackle over, I'd rank that first every day. All right, every, there you go. Every, yes. Number but, one there. Uh, but, you know, then I would go Bajan Robinson at that point, if he's going to project out to be Saquon Barkley, if that's what he's going to be, then you know, they, of course I want him. Like, like, why wouldn't, who doesn't want great players? Like I want great players on rookie contracts. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that's where you go back and that's where, and that's where you go back to Lucas Van Ness. And by the way, I mean, I think, you you know, they need to bolster this line. And that's that's been my number one thing for them along. But there are ways that you can do it throughout the draft. So they have to do it. But along those lines with a guy like Van Ness and the edge rusher, it's it comes down to the economics. And it does, it allows you to continue to build a really good defensive line, which they want, while also not having to break the bank for every single player. Yeah. And I think that's that it starts that succession plan in place. And they would play this year because you're going to use a rotation. I do think that they would like to get a pass rusher of some sort, whether it's an edge guy later in the draft or an off the ball linebacker who can help them as a pass rusher in, in those, situ- you know, whether in yeah. the dirt or rushing as, as a, as a stand up you know, linebacker. What this does go back to, um, it goes back to the beginning of the off season where I felt this way. And I think you agreed there were too many things to do here this off season. Like it was not all going to get filled in one off season. I appreciate, you know, the mantra that they're putting out there, roster building and all this stuff. And I agree with them. Like, I think they made a couple of moves that work. They're trying, they're, you know, hoping that Sam Howell's going to be what they think he can be, which is a linchpin to the whole thing. Um, I, I liked, I, they needed to address the offensive line. They did. They got a linebacker. I don't think they're done there. Um, and, and they got a corner. I don't think they're done there. But like, there's no way, and this is why I think this is why this is so wonky talking about this. There are so many different directions they could actually go right? because they like, we didn't even mention linebacker because we both know they're not taking one at 16. It's the one spot that they're not doing it, but that is screaming for a good young player in there too. What if you determine what if, all right, Bram, let's say you determine, what if you determine Nolan Smith can be an off the ball linebacker and a very good pass rusher for you? What do you do at 16? If he's there, because he Again. might be there. I mean, we're just adding to the list, you know, like they're going to take like, five guys at 16. I, I know that's <laughs> why this is, this is really weird and feels weirder than, than it really has. Like the obvious positions that like seemingly I'd love to see them take the best at those spots are going to be gone. We know it right. unless something comes up. Like uh, if for some reason, if Devin Witherspoon is at 16 run to the podium, he you know, was my like, guy in January. Yeah, assuming that that's not the case, you know, and assuming the Ohio State tackle isn't there, you know, now we're in a funny spot where they're going to have to make a choice. Do you literally take best player off the board or do you take a need? And we all know that offensive line is a need, like a really major need. I don't think corners is big a need. I think they could really use it. I think a playmaking corner could really alter the dynamics of this defense because I think they have making good they have good solid players that don't flip games. Right. 
Yeah. You know, I love Benjamin St. Juice. I don't think he's going to end up with a ton of interceptions. I, I love Cam Curl. He's not like causing a lot of haymaking play, you know, game changing plays. I think that the playmaking, they got a sauce gardener like that or something like that in there behind this line. I think it altered, it turns them into a really, really, really good defense to a defense that flips things. Right. Like, and, you know, so if Witherspoon's there, I would take a shot that that's what it is. But assuming that he's not, now we're talking about, you know, the Maryland corner or a couple of others. And yeah. to me, is that guy going to be. And it won't be, be Joey Porter Jr. No, I think it's going to be Deontay Banks if they went that way in the first round. But is he going to be the playmaking type of corner that we're talking about? I don't know. So then you start to go, okay, he's a really good addition. We'd love to have him, but we actually really need help on the offensive line. And we think Darnell Wright or Osiris Torrance, who I don't know why everyone poo-poos that. You're going to get the best interior lineman off the board, but it's the same thing they say about tight end or running back. Well, you're taking him too high. <laughs> I'm taking a pro bowler too high. Uh, am I? What like, about a really? Brian Branch? That's another one. You I know, like, like another that's one. another one. Like, here's another one. Like, do they need to take a safety? No, of course they don't. You know, like, do they need to take the Buffalo nickel thing right now? No, of course they don't. But they may think that, and with Cam Curl kind of heading towards, you know, whatever his future is contractually, they may feel like that's the way to go. This is, I have never been this confused about what to do or what right. they will do at this juncture of the draft like I have been this year. Because I, I have no clue what's going to happen next Thursday. Well, we have to do our NFL Nation mock draft, and we're going to be drafting it over the weekend. I got to tape it. And I usually have a pretty good idea of like, I'll get it down to three or four players that I'm like, they're going to pick one of these three or four players. And you don't always get it right, but you know, it's one of those guys. And then, you know, because they're not always going to tell you everything that they're going to do. Um, but this year, I'm like, I'm, part of it is because the focus has been so much on the ownership and the sale. But I think because it's 16, you have less of, a, of an idea of what who is going to be there and then which direction they're going to go because there are needs. Some of their needs line up with the strength of the first round. And then there's some other interesting guys, like you talked about tight ends. And then if there's an edge rusher that falls, got spots that you may not say that they don't have to go there in the first round. But if they're there, you have to consider all of it. Of course. Makes it hard. Of course. Yeah. And I mean, like, then, then the other one is like, what if Will Levis is there? Like, I, I don't think they're going to take him, but they're not going to take him. No, I, think, I think I don't, they wouldn't take, I think the guy that they would like if he's, I mean, just my sense would be again, Hendon Hooker. Well, they, they met with them and they also had him come in to, and when they, when they had him come in, it's about getting a physical, but it also suggests interest and you're not going to take him at 16. But if you pick up again, like we said earlier, you pick up a, another second round pick, or if he somehow gets out of the second round of the third round, yeah. that's how you would go there. But it, but you know, and it's not, it, then it's going to be like, well, what does that say about Sam Howell and their thought of him? But what it kind of does is again, I look at it like you haven't had a quarterback, a settled quarterback situation here in a long time. Don't stop. And if if Howell, if you draft Hooker as a sec and is an extra second round pick, and Howell has a really good year, then you're set, and that's something to celebrate. And you know, and then you and you worry about it later, but or you trade Hooker at some point, whatever. But you don't stop. That's I agree. yeah. No, I think like uh, if they acquired a second second round pick, or he does get the third round, I agree. I think that's like that's a good selection for them. Um, and. 
you know, the other thing I think that, that like largely too, that I feel good about in general is I, I think the more you think about it, the more you watch, this actually feels like a very deep draft, like a really depending on the position draft at many positions, um, you know, and specifically of ones that they need or could improve upon. And that's the Buffalo good nickel. The Buffalo nickel is one that they feel like, because I had talked to somebody about this earlier, this a couple weeks ago, because there is a perception that this draft isn't as deep as previous years. Cause a lot of guys left early the last couple of years, you, you don't have the same depth, but you know, so you think, well, is it not good? But in the areas that they are hoping to fill, which is one of which is again, the Buffalo nickel, get another guy in here who can do that. They feel it's pretty strong in that area that you, the feeling that I've gotten is that you can get some of those guys Late in the draft, like if you're targeting those guys, targeting those guys late in the draft, that's you can still get good value there because more teams are using guys in that role in college, so you get maybe a better feel for what they can do in that role. And so I think that's an area to look at if you don't get because Brian Branch can play that too. He can be a multi-dimensional guy for you, but if you don't do that there, you can get one of those guys in the in the third day who may be able to help you much like what Cam Curl has done. Yeah, uh, I mean, but. Tight ends very deep. Tackle looks pretty deep. Um guard not as deep. I mean, it looks like looks like good quarterbacks this year. Not that Washington is going that way unless it's Hooker, but I mean it, it looks pretty good. Um, you know, I'd also advocate, you know, at late in the draft, I'd consider a kicker, but that's a late in the draft conversation. Yeah. I would consider it. it so. And and I and I think linebacker has to be on that list. No doubt. Uh, you have to get someone, they need more competition at that spot. You need more depth. And that's where it becomes interesting if one of those guys that they see can help you as a pass rusher, but also as a guy who can play yeah, off I mean, the ball. Frankly, if the guy from Iowa is there in the second round for them, the linebacker, that's a consideration too. I mean, like there's, there's a tight so end from players. Iowa too, Bram. Sam Laporta, a good tight end. He's another one to watch after the first round if for people who want to go that way. Musgrave from Oregon State, a definite guy I think people need to pay attention to um yeah it, and then it, darnell washington is a freak athlete so I, he's going to go relatively high to somebody the tight end class is very very deep but there's like even even logan brought it up with washington and his his words are he, he felt like there may be some hesitation on teams with him but i don't know like so but that was his that's what one of the thoughts he's is he felt like darren waller though so you know like, he is he's, that's he's the thing he's, you he's know? a big fellow so and there there are a lot of there are a lot of ways to go be interesting and Finally, a week from now, at least I'll say this. There are a lot of things we don't know when they're going to end involving this team. We know the draft will be take place on Thursday. Who the owner is, I don't know. Well, I do know who it will be, but if there will be an agreement. I know who it's I know. not. Yes. It's been well, I know. publicity this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the PR tour. <laughs> yes. One of, one of the, um, of all the silly things that have happened this offseason and a lot of issues, that one tops it. So that's all we have to say. I, uh, yeah, I uh, I commented this on my show a lot, and I will refrain from doing it here about how much oxygen that got. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So, and I did want. We only have two minutes, so we I don't want to get into this now. But at some point, I want to get into the branding stuff again, the rebranding oh. stuff. Whoops. So you know, because it's I could introduce it now and get a quick thought if you want. Sure. But that's all we have time for. All right. Uh, just do you think they're going to change the branding again, name? 
No. Is that, is that the question? Well, not? yeah. Well, just should they and this, because a lot of people, a lot of people have a lot of interest in that, as we know. And so at some point we'll get into that more when we can talk about it more in depth and, you know, a little bit more in depth. I don't know how long we have to, because I don't know that it's real, but I do know a lot of people that it matters to them. So I thought it'd be good to address at some point. Maybe right, I'll, so I'm going to have Nikki. 30 seconds. Okay, um, there we go. I don't think that that's like something that's going to be on anyone's plate early, but that said, I've never met the owners and I don't right. know what their priorities are. So, and I think it's a valid question to ask them whenever yes. they oh, do definitely. take over. And so I expect to hear that question asked and I will be listening very closely to their answer. My gut says they're not going to do anything about it for at least the interim and yeah. maybe in perpetuity. Um, but you know, the new owners have to make decisions for themselves. And so for me, it's like, how can I even project what they're going to say? They don't even you own don't the, they don't even own the team yet. Right. So. And I know there's, there's all sorts of things we can get into it later. My, my two cents thing would be their priority is going to be put elsewhere immediately. Cause there's some immediate okay. issues to take care of. And I think they can look at this and say, you can push that a little bit back. If indeed you want to go down that road and we don't know if they will, you know, you hear some things, but I don't want to, I, until I hear it from the owners themselves, yeah. then we'll just go from there. And they may they may have a different take and they may try to push for it. But I would say, you know, I would say that the top priorities are other things. And I think, I, I think I would feel safe in saying that they would say that as well. Yeah. But we'll, we'll at the first press conference, it'll be asked. We'll talk about it another time. So yeah. You know, and anybody who is sitting there saying they know anything about what somebody's going to do about that has no idea what they're doing. No, talking about. I don't know. Cause I haven't talked to Josh right. Harris. So yeah. we'll, we'll see, but that'll be a topic for another time. Bram, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you after the first pick next week. All right. See you. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Bram for joining me. Bram also, by the way, will join me after the commanders make their first pick on next Thursday night. We'll discuss it all the good stuff, whatever analysis we have. And so look for that next week. I will be joined by Nikki Javala from the Washington Post on my next podcast Sunday night, Monday morning. So, and oh, also, thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time.